Clyde, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Um, excited to be doing this. Yeah. yeah like uh, the big, the background here is education, and I think there's an audience out there that could benefit from us talking and having conversations like this. So yeah, totally. Hopefully, we'll convert one person into the blockchain world <laughs> there through you this, go. right? There you go. <laughs> and that's one. the win. That's right. <clears throat> Um, perfect. So glad maybe we can start with you just sharing a bit of your background and how you got into blockchain and, and what you, where your passion lies and what you're focused on. Yeah. So, you know, my story with blockchain has a lot to do with finance. Uh, I've been into stock trading my whole life. And uh, when I learned about cryptocurrencies for the first time, I was in university, I was in second year. And a friend told me, like, hey, you can make a lot of money trading these things. <laughs> Uh, and I was obviously interested in making a lot of money as a broke university student, right? So I just like put like 500 bucks or something into like uh, this wild cryptocurrency called Ethereum, which was trading at like 25 bucks wow. at the time. And over the course of like two or three weeks, I like 5 x that money. And I thought it was like way too easy, right? And I was like, oh, okay, there's like definitely something here, you know, like this is like real money that I'm making on this. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, but what is Ethereum? <laughs> I yeah, didn't yeah, even yeah. know what it yeah. was, right? It's crazy that you, um, you, you like put money in, you got a return, yeah. and then, then later you ask yourself, yeah. what is this? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's how most people get That's probably a lot, the story yeah. of a lot of people, yeah. Yeah, they, they'll buy some NFT or something, make a lot of money, and then they're like, oh, what, what else is there in this world? <laughs> and, and also, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, so I got into the whole blockchain world, and I learned, you know, first of all, what was a blockchain, how it worked, uh, both from the coding point of view, but also from, you know, real-world applications, and I learned that blockchains were nothing new. They were just something that was uh, older technology that was being repurposed in a way, right? Like some companies had their own blockchains, like Walmart, for example, to keep track of inventory. But then this became a way to create a digital currency, right? And that's what really interested me, just the whole trading aspect, the whole, like, how can we make money? What is the value of a cryptocurrency? Um, and I dug deeper and deeper, and then I saw the actual applications. You know, by the time I was graduating, I was like all over how can you use tokens on the blockchain mm -hmm. to represent real-world assets. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. so, so when you say companies like Walmart were already using some form of a blockchain, mm -hmm. and that the blockchain was, real, was actually nothing really new, um, what, how could you kind of break that down further? Like, how could you explain in the simplest way possible what a blockchain actually is? Yeah, so a blockchain is simply put just a ledger, okay. right? So it's just a collection of data distributed on the internet. It can be centralized, it can be decentralized. Uh, who controls it really is up to how the blockchain is built. Some blockchains like Bitcoin, highly decentralized, uh, controlled by virtually everybody, um, all the miners, right? And then some blockchains are highly centralized and controlled by central entities. But what they are is a record keep, basically. It's just a record on the internet that says, this person has this much of this token at this time. Got it. Yeah, and that's, that's the way I've, I've always understood it too, right? As a simple ledger, but in, isn't, isn't when, you, when people think of a blockchain, aren't they usually referencing a blockchain that's decentralized? Uh, I think for the most part they are, okay. or at least they think they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not necessarily, you know, some blockchains mm -hmm. are, are not, you know, we look at like Ripple, for example, or these are centralized projects. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Uh, there are people that think that centralized blockchains are the way to go because you have more flexibility with what you can do, uh, what you can build on it. You don't have to, you know, uh, go through extensive, you know, processes to develop new things on it. Uh, you just simply control it, right? It's interesting, right? So what would be the pros and cons of a centralized versus a decentralized blockchain? Now, this is a bit more technical, right? Because yeah. um, blockchain is new for everybody, right. generally speaking. 
um, and then the idea of a centralized blockchain and a non-centralized blockchain, but just like a one sentence on like what the real difference would be between a centralized blockchain and a non-centralized blockchain. So I think in the crypto world, there are two kinds of people. Okay. Uh, there are people that are pro sort of like traditional, the traditional ways, right? So having companies that sort of operate things and sort of dictate how they work. And then there are people that see crypto as like a freedom, freedom revolution, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And uh, obviously those people are more for decentralization because you know, they believe in giving the power back to the people and people being able to control the blockchain. Uh, whereas centralization allows for more flexibility because you know, a company can have its own blockchain, for example, and then they can just build on their own blockchain. Uh, yeah, so I think you know, there's, there's pros and cons to each. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting, right? It's like you talk about the word blockchain and then people already get kind of their backs against the yeah. wall and they start thinking, oh, what is this? And then there's different layers to it. Um, but, but it's interesting, right? So it sounds like you got way deep into it really quickly yeah. and at an early age. Um, so yeah, so, so how did your progression go and, and, and kind of like where is your kind of passion this year on, on, on this whole space? Yeah, so you know, I think something that's blown up, uh, it's NFTs. Right, it's just all over the news. It's all over everything. It's just the word of 2021. I think it's NFTs. Right, if there's one technological innovation that came out of this is NFTs. I think 2017 it was crypto, right? It was like cryptocurrencies. 2021, 2022, it's NFTs. Um, and yeah, yeah. So. so I'd agree with you. Um, we're obviously a little biased because we're big in the NFTs and we think there's a lot you can do with them and a lot of really great things you can do with them. Um, but maybe for people that are watching, what, how could you describe an NFT, super simply, one kind of sentence? An NFT is a digital token that represents ownership on the internet. That's and the great benefit of them is that they are verifiable. So no one can lie about what they own. Or at least it's very, very, very yeah. hard for them to lie about what they own. Isn't it interesting that like, the idea of physical ownership is just so simple, mm -hmm. right? And then we all use the internet, we all love the internet, and then the idea of owning something truly on the internet is so controversial, like sometimes, isn't that weird? Yeah, I think it's because, you know, it's necessary, it's, it's just about what's backing up this token, right? What's yeah. behind it. And, you know, when people put up art, what is really backing up the value of a painting, of a Picasso, say? Yeah, yeah. Right, we don't, we, we don't really have trouble quantifying that in the real world because we say, okay, there was one Picasso, he made, few thousand paintings, or if that, I don't know. But there's no and real track of that though, right? Other than yeah. people know it to be true because it's popular. It's, right? it's for that to be verified, yeah. you need to have like an expert come in and say, okay, this is a Picasso, mm -hmm. right? Or you need to have his signature. But with an NFT, it's automatic. That's right. Yeah. It's interesting, so, so like, and I fully believe all this stuff too, right? And it's just like, I, I'm just kind of thinking through my head right now, why is it so controversial? Right, so, so you have applications, like the one you just explained, the Picasso one, mm -hmm. and people believe in provenance. They get higher experts to look at a history of something and, and, and tell them the history of it. But in this digital world, we're literally recording it on a ledger and proving it. And, and, and then people are confused and going, I don't know. It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty unbelievable. But I think, <laughs> I think that you know, over time, you know, within the next five to 10 years, People will own NFTs and not even know that they own NFTs, or they'll know that they own NFTs, but they won't even call it that. It'll just be like a token, right. you know, or, or, or whatever, um, because of the endless applications of this, right? You could create an NFT that has nothing behind it, and you could create an NFT that has like billions of dollars worth of assets behind it. Yeah, I think, I think this is where it takes off, right? And, and I'm, you know, and we are so focused on helping 
brands make it that easy? Because the average consumer, like, they, 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 almost everybody doesn't care how things work behind the scenes when things are really simple. And if things get really simple, they won't care if the block, how the blockchain interacts and if it's centralized, if it's decentralized, but if it gives them better value and they, yeah. they, if it's so simple and it gives them better value to the point where they don't know how it even works behind the scenes, I think that's where we get mass adoption. Yeah, I think so too. And, and you know, right now, one of the things that, you know, you guys are hitting on really well, I think, is point of sale. You know, and, and point of sale is huge for brands because no one, you know, a, a lot of people have Ethereum wallets and those are the people that are already in the NFT world. They're already there, right? But if you want to get everybody to join the NFT game, people have credit cards, people have cash, people have, you know, yeah. people don't necessarily want to buy with their Ethereum. People don't even know how to get Ethereum yeah, yeah. for the most part, or, or, you know, they're way too intimidated by the process. So I think that by opening up to regular, you know, traditional banking users, that's what's going to really drive traffic. Yeah, and, and it's crazy because like, that's what we're focused on doing, right? We're focused on helping brands issue and, and offer NFTs and making it that simple for their customers. And at times it feels a bit controversial within the, the, the overall community because we think that makes a lot of sense, right? We think that like, you know, if, if, if my aunt or my uncle or my mom are purchasing one, give them the ability to pay with Apple Pay. Give them the ability to pay with like just the traditional way. And um, I think that's, that's gonna be a very um, common thing that, that is what brings people in. But it's just right now where we sit, it feels like uh, not everyone subscribes to that, and to me, that's insane. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and it's just like funny that you call you know Apple Pay the traditional way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like funny. it's still a new form yeah, yeah, of payment yeah, right, for a lot of people. Like like my mom, she like even Apple Pay. She's like, yeah. oh, this is intimidating, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah. So I'm kind of curious, what brought you into the whole NFT world? Uh, what's your background with blockchain? Yeah, yeah. So like I, I bought crypto many years ago, similar like like to your story, where I just thought it was interesting, and I was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I don't really know how to participate in the space, I don't really know what it what it, what it right. is back then. So I bought some Ethereum, and yeah. I, I bought Ethereum because it was explained to me that it had utility and kind of use cases behind it. Mm -hmm. So I bought some Ethereum many years ago, and and fr from that point on, I continued to like educate myself just like you know however any people educate themselves like watching videos and, and reading things online and that type of stuff and i was always fascinated with the idea of a decentralized ledger and what that could do right mm -hmm. um but i never knew how i could apply myself to that i right. just it was kind of just like a hobby interesting thing on, on the side and then when nfts started becoming more prevalent and kind of you know hit the scene and became <clears throat> more prevalent to me it was wow like here's this technology where you can have digital ownership of things and you can verify yourself or you can verify that you have things and then you could get access, you could get special like features associated with that. And I thought with my history and my background of, of talking to consumer brands, I thought this is a technology that consumer brands could really benefit from. Mm -hmm. And you know, it is interesting and it's scary and it's new and it's all those things. But that doesn't change the fact that the technology is really strong and it can provide these really unique experiences. So I thought, you know, why not, you know, devote my time and my effort to helping consumer brands utilize this technology um, because I think it's going to be really important and I think we're super early. So, you know, if, uh, yeah, it, it was so passionate in helping brands utilize NFTs because it, it's, it's a great application for their customer loyalty and that really um, excites me. So I, I thought that was something I want to do. So if you could sum it up, what do you think are kind of like the main reasons why a brand needs to have an NFT strategy in 2022? Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's funny. Like every brand has a loyalty program one way or another, mm -hmm. right? And then you, you have big loyalty programs and small loyalty programs. 
But brands have loyalty programs because they have a following and they have fans and they have people that care about their products, mm -hmm. right? And if you take a brand, there is a, a good use case to say that an entire loyalty base could benefit from an NFT program. But I think that the obvious, obvious case here is a brand has a large following or a following and that following is made up of different types of people, right? You have some, it, it, what's a favorite brand that, that, that you love? Adidas. Adidas, okay. So Adidas has different types of fans, has, has a big broad set of fans, and then they have a subset of the fans that are kind of their everyday fans, mm -hmm. and then they have fans that are like their fanatics, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you take a brand and you say they have 100 fans, maybe 80 are just average, kind of like, you know, run-of-the-mill yeah, followers yeah, yeah. and fans, but 20 like hardcore. live for them, are hardcore. Yeah. And I think NFTs are such a great vehicle to, to, to reward that hardcore following, right? So if you take a brand like Adidas and you segment their high engaged, highly engaged, their like best fans, why not give them an NFT that gives them special access, gives them discounts, gives them extra rewards. And I think that's, that, that's really fair, right? If you are gonna invest your time to be a fanatic follower of a brand, you should get more things associated with that brand than someone else who just like buys from them once a year or once every five years, that type of thing. So your question was what, why should brands care about this stuff? Yeah. And, and I, I think they should care about it because not all fans are the same. Not all, right. not all of their like, consumers and their loyalty programs are the same. And there are ones that, are, that, that, that should have more things. And an and NFT is a great way to identify and reward um, that segment. So do you think someone, you know, if, if they buy, say, an Adidas NFT or a Lululemon NFT, and then they trade it for more money, so they make a profit on it, do you think that will drive them to be more loyal to the brand? Yeah, I, I, think, that's, I think that when people ask me, why, why do you need the blockchain? Why make this an NFT? We already have ways to reward our, 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 our following and our right. fans. And, and there's a lot of reasons, but I would say the most obvious reason is that the follower can trade out later. And that's really interesting, right? I'll give you an example. So I'm a big Air Canada fan and a, a flyer of theirs, and I'm in their elite program and these types of things. And I've you know, flown a lot with Air Canada. And I've gained points and status within their program. That's all great. A couple of things that aren't ideal about it is one, I can't prove to you that I am the certain status I am with them other than showing you some tag that I could, you know, someone else could have printed, right? Mm -hmm. So you look at my tag and you go, maybe he's probably one of their elite flyers, but maybe, maybe he just <laughs> right, like yeah, yeah, printed yeah, yeah. it off himself, right? <laughs> weird um, thing to do. Yeah, yeah, weird thing to do, right? <laughs> um, but but, but so, that, so, that, so that's yeah. one kind of thing. That isn't a monumental one. Uh, but in some cases, yeah. that, that, that scenario is. And then in right. another, but, but here's more important. If I invest my like, life flying with, with Air Canada, yeah. and then um, I get status and reward with them, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be great to be rewarded as the user who then can trade that out after and, and get right. kind of some monetary benefit from that investment of over a lifetime? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that takes loyalty to the next level. If you gave consumers the ability to financially benefit from their contributions to a, a brand, um, and not even just financially benefit. Like, like, let's say that at the end of my run with, with Air Canada, if I could trade that for something else that they gave me, right? Um, yeah, I think that um, making it uh, tradable, making it redeemable, making it transferable, I think it carries a lot of weight. Um, another one that I was just thinking about is um, if I could transfer the, the, the loyalty that I've generated with that brand to my son, 
right? So I, I have an 11-month-old mm -hmm. uh, son, and if I could give him that loyalty membership, right. right, that would be even more valuable than yeah, selling yeah, yeah. it, right? Um, so my point is, is that uh, NFTs provide this whole new layer of loyalty, and, and I think it's going to give brands such a, uh, an enhanced uh, way of communicating with their best customers. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you think of these NFTs that are you know metaverse related? Sort of switching gears. You know, like Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, the whole you know Yoga Labs phenomena that's going on. Yeah. Uh, wh where do you see those going? Do you think brands are going to enter that space as well? Yeah, and, and I think um, I think a lot of things are connected actually. So here here's what what I'd love to see, and I think this is where this goes. I think brands issue NFTs to reward their customers. Mm -hmm. um, their customers either buy those NFTs or receive them because they did something. And those NFTs give them extra rewards, extra perks, and, and they've earned them because they're such fans right. of the brand, right? right. Yeah, yeah. And I think what should happen, and, and it is going this way, that the NFTs, including what's in the metadata, should be written and coded in a way where these metaverses can pick it up. Right, so, so let's go back to that Air Canada example. So let's say I, I invest my life, which I have, yeah. uh, flying with them. It'd be really cool to get special perks because of that. Uh, right. It'd be cool to be able to prove it to people. Yeah. Um, and it would be really cool if I could trade that or I could give that to my son later, right? But let's say that that NFT also is configured in, in the shape of a, a plane or the shape of a uh, maple leaf or something like this, right? And then, um, Let's say now I have this NFT and it's shaped like that. The, the asset reference looks like that. And let's say that it's coded in a way that um, lets other systems or other entities read that. Okay. Um, then when I go to a metaverse, right. I can bring that with me. Right? So I imagine see, like yeah, I have yeah. a little maple leaf tag that now when I'm in this metaverse in A avatar. or metaverse B or this avatar, I can bring that NFT in. So I now... See. What am I getting as an Air Canada, or uh, you know, the, I know we're, we're using Air Canada as an example here, but what, what am I getting? I'm getting enhanced loyalty, which is amazing. I'm getting proof of ownership, which is awesome. I'm getting the ability to maybe transfer that to my son, which is amazing. And then while I'm holding it, I could carry that into these metaverses. Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, and, and it's great publicity for the brand too, because right? you have all these people repping you, right? Yeah. Wearing your, your tag or whatever, yeah. or, or your, your skin, or That's whatever right. it may be, right? Yeah, and like, um, if you buy a vehicle and you got, let's say you got the NFT for free and the NFT was coded in a way where that vehicle was available in a video game, mm -hmm. like, like this, is, this, is, this is back to why I'm so excited about the space. I, I think that um, brands are, are, are going to be able to connect with their customers in such a, uh, in such a better way uh, because of this technology. We're just, we're just super early. Yeah. Cool, cool. So uh, I'm kind of curious a little bit about the story of Ethos. Yeah. Uh, so how did Ethos start? I know it's a, it's a fairly new company. Yeah, uh, I know you guys are related to Dapper as well, which is you know famously known. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would say um, Ethos. The name is, is a derivative of, uh, it comes from like Aristotle, right? And the idea of Ethos is really to do, kind of do things right. Um, I think this space is early. I think there's different types of people in the space. I think some people are in it more from a speculative nature. Mm -hmm. And the idea of Ethos is, is the opposite of that, right? What, oh. we're, what we're doing is we're saying, hey, this is an amazing technology that's going to be with us for a long, long time. And if we do things with the highest level of integrity and we do it with kind of like that mentality and, and treat people well and we like have this long-term approach, I think it, it is... It is the genesis and the, and the true like uh, underlying kind of like notion of Web three, and it's also the, like the right thing to do. And, and I think we can build something really meaningful from that. So 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 our, our, what Ethos is is 
that kind of mentality and spirit of like, let's do this with a long-term vision in mind, let's okay. treat people well, and let's follow like really good integrity principles and that type of stuff. Um, but then what do we do like as a as like how can we benefit you know this whole movement um well we like brands right and we think we can help brands uh participate and take advantage of this loyalty that, that we're talking about and, and, and i think it's a really important cause actually um because we see it as more than just helping brands mm -hmm. we see this web3 community as quite small today and we were at an event last night and like there's lots of people that show up to these events but the people that show up are generally people that like are like you and me, right? Mm -hmm. Who are like who understand the technology, deep into it already. Deep into it already. What the space doesn't look like today is people like my aunt and my uncle and my cousins totally. and like stuff like this that have you know less understanding of this space. And, and I think that what, what the special thing Ethos can do here is I think we can expand the participants. Um, I think we can bring in people who to the party who are not. Uh, people like you and I who have a better understanding of this stuff. And, and, and the question is, well, how can you do that, right? I think how we bring in the masses is we get brands to issue NFTs that have real utility and real value, and we make it super, super simple. Because if, if you're the average consumer, and you're busy, and you have kids or whatever, and you don't have time to do the amount of research that we've done, but your favorite brand is offering a really great uh, NFT that has a ton of utility mm -hmm. and I can like purchase with Apple Pay or I can like do it super super simple right well now I'm gonna participate and, and, and I think if, if ethos helps accelerate the, that mass adoption I think what we'll have done is really important um, so yeah so, so we're trying to help make the web3 community larger by bringing others in specifically by getting brands to issue nfts that have utility and making it simple for customers and if we do that over and over and over again I think the size of the community gets larger and more diverse and there's more just good things that happen yeah so so do you think web3 is uh the current current state of the internet or do you think we are still not at web3 oh it's i don't know it's kind of like i was too young when the internet first started but it, i wasn't i was around <laughs> i was yeah, just yeah. a baby um but i think it's i think i think these things take time i think that what web3 is is amazing it's early, and I think that for it to take the shape that uh, it, it, it can take and will take, it's going to take time, yeah. and it's going to take a lot of people kind of rowing in the right, it, it, pushing the boat in the direction with good good intentions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't know um, how long it'll take. I just I know that we're at uh, it. It really does feel like we're at the very beginning, and there's a lot to still do, and, and where this goes is, is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. So something a little bit more technical that came up mm -hmm. is. Uh, you know, right now, one of the biggest barrier to entries uh, for NFTs is the high gas fees, right, on the Ethereum blockchain. Hopefully, this will get fixed. They say it's going to get fixed, uh, and it keeps taking forever, but maybe one day they will get to it, right, and finally fix it. Uh, and it's a pretty complex issue. And I know that, you know, Ethos works with Flow. Um, how does Flow sort of bypass that and actually yeah. benefit uh, people trying to issue NFTs that maybe are not, you know, necessarily the economics don't necessarily make sense to issue on Ethereum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, a couple of things. So we're blockchain agnostic, and, and yes, right. we work on Flow, but we have projects on Ethereum, and yeah. we have projects that are going to go on other blockchains as well. Um, but when you talk about gas, you're talking about friction, right? Yeah. So imagine if, like, you know, I go for lunch, I buy a coffee, mm -hmm. and I pay with my Visa. Imagine if the transaction fee was, like, $7 to buy that coffee. So right. You wouldn't do it, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah, so so that's what this is, right? So gas is friction, and you want friction to go away. Um, Ethereum 
because they've been so popular <laughs> and just because they were like, you know, had, had structured the, themselves in the way, or Ethereum was structured the way it was at the beginning, it just right now has more high gas fees. I think, I think, I think the world gets really interesting if, if, if the Ethereum um, transition happens sooner and gas fees drop a lot for Ethereum. But there's other blockchains, like you mentioned, like Flow, yeah. that have reduced uh, gas fees dr dramatically, and that makes a big difference. So I think that if Ethereum can uh, reduce gas fees significantly over the next little while, I think that it'll continue to be uh, really like, like a really important blockchain. I think it's going to be hard if that doesn't get resolved, right? Yeah. Because if you fast forward to the future, there's no way the friction has, is going to be at that level. Like, we're not going to get there if gas fees, regardless of the blockchain, are, 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 are at that range. It needs to be like fractions of a penny. But, but what about like uh, Polygon, for example, that is like sort of trying to attempt to fix the problem right now, right? Um, do you think that that could overtake Ethereum at some point or, or Solana or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and this is why we're blockchain agnostic because yeah. we're not in the business of betting on which blockchain yeah, will make it. Exactly. We're in the business of helping brands build great experience with their customers. So, so yeah. we're going to use the blockchain that makes the most sense for the brand to interact right. with their customer. Yeah. You know, separately, I think if Ethereum flipped a switch and their gas fees were pennies tomorrow, yeah. I think the other blockchains have a hard time because of the traction and, and the speed or, or, or just the projects that are already on Ethereum. Um, that's probably not going to happen. So it'll be interesting to see. And, and, and you mentioned the relationship we have with Dapper, and, and Dapper's yeah. a friend and a partner, and um, we, we, have, we have projects running on, mm -hmm. on Flow, and I, I, I love their blockchain. I, think, I yeah. think the gas fees, I think the way that Dapper operates is just outstanding. So if, if Ethereum doesn't um, reduce their, their gas fees quite soon, um, yeah, I think I think Flow's got a really good shot of being uh, yeah yeah, and th and that's what you know I was talking to your blockchain developer the other day, and he was literally telling me exactly that. Right, he was saying how much more he likes using Flow yeah. than than traditional, you know, even though Ethereum is the the original, right? Yeah, the first one, but um, and, and because yeah. we own Ethereum like tokens, like, you yeah. kind of want it to be successful. Yeah, right? <laughs> you do. But, yeah, but, but but back to Ethos, like we have no horse in this race, yeah. right? I, I, I'd love to see a future where Ethereum still has a meaningful, you know, role in the future. I'd love to see one where that same future flow has a meaningful role, and, and same with Polygon, same with Solana, and, and same with others. Um, I don't think we're going to get it. Like, yeah. I, I, we're not gonna, <laughs> and because you know we're in the business of guessing who, which blockchain will be the most prevalent or the second most prevalent, um, we're out here helping brands, and we pick the blockchain that makes the most. When we make a decision on a project and which blockchain it goes on, we 100% have the view of what will provide the brand and the consumer the best experience. Um, yeah. I see. And what do you think are the most important aspects uh, for a brand that's issuing an NFT? What do you think are kind of like the bases that they need to cover in their projects to make sure it's suc successful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, so, so he, maybe I'll start by answering what they shouldn't do. So, like, here's what you shouldn't do: you should not look at this like a money grab, right? Like, mm -hmm. hey, let's issue an NFT and let's like do an image and then we'll just like get people to pay us. Do not do that, right? Um, do the opposite of that. Say, hey, we have really great customers. And then we have a subset that's even even better than that. Like amazing, they 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 follow us everywhere we go. They do everything that we ask them to, and they just love why we exist. Take that category customer and say, what can we give them that gives them special a special feeling and special like like access and special utility? Maybe it's free shipping. Maybe right. it's a discount. Yeah. Maybe it's first access to new products. Mm -hmm. And and let them either purchase the NFT or give it to them and reward them for being such a fan of your brand. And I think if you do that, 
Um, it'll increase the loyalty that you have with them. It'll give you a channel to connect better with them. Um, and as the future turns, develops and these metaverses come to life and all these things, you can even do more for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I would say definitely look at it from, from that perspective. Great, great. Well, it makes a lot of sense. Well, thanks so much for having me. This was great. Yeah, really yeah. Good chat. Awesome. Glad. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah.